Good morning. Welcome to Ask Andy, a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me at 215-259-3687 or on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So good morning. It's Monday morning. I hope all's well. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about insurance companies. So insurance is a necessary evil. You should have it for health care and for car insurance and homeowners insurance. It's not really rocket science. You got to have it, but it's a necessary evil. And one of the important things to know about insurance companies is that the way they operate is that they take in more premiums or more of your monthly payments than they pay out. And that's how they make their money. <clears throat> so even though you've been paying in insurance premiums for 10 years, like a good little soldier, when you want to make a claim, what happens? They fight you tooth and nail. And I wanted to talk to you today about one of those types of cases. <clears throat> so let's say you're in a car accident. You're hit by someone who, you know, you're hit by a teenager in a Honda Civic who's got $15,000 in insurance coverage and your, you know, leg is broken. Is $15,000 going to cover you? No, it's not even going to cover the first of your medical bills. So what do you do? Well, if you got the proper insurance coverage, which is called underinsured motorist coverage from your local insurance agency, then you could turn around to your insurance agency and say, I think my case is worth you know, more than 15000 pay me. Now, if you're a lawyer, you'll say something more on the order of, I think my case is worth 300000 pay me or pay my client. Uh, but that's, you know, what I do is try to figure out what cases are worth and, and what the demand is and negotiate with insurance companies. Well, what's the insurance company going to do? And how are you going to feel as the consumer? Well, you're not going to feel good because you feel like, hey, I've been paying my premiums like a good little boy or a good little girl for 10 years, never made a claim, never had a problem, and never hit anybody. And now when I go to make a claim, you say no. So most of the time, let's say in your typical contract situation, you drop your car off to be serviced, the guy changes your oil, rotates your tires, gives you back your car in better shape than you got it, and you pay him. That's your typical situation. In insurance land, that's not your typical situation. You pay, 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 pay. And then when you want to enforce the contract or take advantage of what you bargained for, what you paid for, do they say, sure, Mr. Newworth, here you go. We'll give you whatever we you feel the case is worth. No. In fact, what the insurance company will do is nickel and dime you and lowball you and say, absolutely not. We don't think it's worth that, that, or that, and we're going to fight you. So... How are you feeling as a consumer now? All these insurance company commercials, why are they on TV if they're really not going to live up to their, their end of the bargain? Well, they're on TV because they've figured out that people don't like to go through the paperwork of switching insurance companies all the time. So, you know, customer loyalty is pretty sticky. Once you sign up with State Farm, you're going to stay with them for a while. And they're going to make more money taking your money than they are paying out money to you. But once you you know, come to my office or come across my desk as a case, then, you know, what's going to happen? Well, there are basically two options. One is to pursue an underinsured motorist 
lawsuit, and the other is to try and negotiate the case uh, just over the phone or in other manners. And the third kind of option is to go to something called binding arbitration, which is a hearing you know, before a retired judge and both sides kind of agree that there are certain parameters to a binding arbitration. Now, sometimes the client's cases aren't huge and they can be negotiated just over the phone. Uh, but, you know, every time you do that, you have to understand that you're going to get lowballed to a great extent. And the, the sort of handoff or the other side of the lowballing is that you get money faster and with less expense. And that's appealing to some people, especially on smaller cases. So let's say you got hit by the Honda Civic owner. They gave you the $15,000 from the Civic Insurance Company. And, you know, you only want another 10 or 15. You're probably going to be able to get that just in a basic negotiation. But let's say your leg is broken and, you know, you think your case, rightfully so, is worth more than 100000 And you're looking for your insurance company to give you 85000 You know, do you want to take fifteen for something that's worth eighty-five? No. How about do you want to take fifteen thousand for something that's worth eighty-five thousand when you've been paying premiums all along? Definitely not. So what do you do? You come to me and you say, "Look, I want to. I want to pursue this." Okay. Let's say that we decide you don't want to wait two years to go through the court system. Um, You know, what do you do then? Well, we'll sometimes, depending on the insurance company and depending on the severity of the injury and the plan you signed up for will go to binding arbitration. Now, you don't want to go to binding arbitration if there's not enough money to go out to make it worthwhile. But if you do, what we usually do is we agree, both sides will agree on a retired judge to hear your case, and we also agree that whatever is decided at the arbitration is final. There's no appeal from that. So you're stuck with, one, the arbitrator, and two, the result. So you better, you know, get it as right as you can. And as a result of those, you know, factors that it's final, final, you want to make sure that you have some guarantees in place. And we call those high lows or, you know, arbitration limits, whatever you want to call them. I call it a high low. So I agree with the claim representative or the lawyer for the insurance company that before we walk into an arbitration where there's $200,000 in insurance coverage that my client's not going to walk out with less than 50 because I want to make sure that they've got some guarantee in case things go wrong. The arbitrator doesn't like the client. There's a problem with the case. And what's the flip side of that? In exchange for that, I have to give up something in the negotiation. They've given up, okay, we're going to guarantee you money. So what that means on the guarantee side is they're going to guarantee me 50 grand even if the arbitrator says, Mr. Newworth, I don't think your case is worth anything and gives me five grand, okay? So they're giving up a little bit, and what am I going to give up? Well, usually I just am agreeable to the policy limits. You know, if the policy is $200,000, then I'm willing to cap any recovery at $200,000, So let's say the arbitrator comes back with $550,000 as a potential award, then the insurance company's total payout would be $200,000. Now, that's a disaster for the lawyer because I made a bad judgment and my client is mad at me at that point. But usually that doesn't happen. 
and capping the case or capping the high at policy limits, you know, usually won't get the deal done. That's not usually appealing to the insurance company. They want something more off the insurance policy. So if there's a $200,000 policy, they may want you to agree to 150 just to get the deal done. So then your high-low limits are 50 slash 150, and that's what you go to arbitration for. You know, you've got guarantees on the high, you've got guarantees on the low, and, you know, most of the time, most arbitrators will come in around 100 or so if those are your parameters. Uh, that gets the deal done, it gets the case over with, it gets $100,000 as the award, and that's the end of it. You know, the fees, legal fees are paid, expenses are paid, and there is a big benefit in that, one, it's taken care of, two, it's not in the court system, and there are benefits to that just in terms of everyone's uh, expense and anxiety level. Um, and that's, you know, pretty much the end of it. There, The benefits of going to UIM or underinsured arbitration are a lot for the client. The one downside is that, you know, you give up the chance to really get super full, full value for your case. You give up a chance for a jury to say to the insurance company, this is bad behavior. I don't like the fact that you keep taking this lady's premiums and then you don't want to pay her. Uh, so that's that's your big argument in front of a jury. But you got to spend money on experts, which, you know, can be probably $10,000 by the time you're there. And you got to roll the dice with whatever sort of jury you get in whatever county you get. So there's a lot more risk and a lot less predictability. And it's a lot much more time to wait. So that's UIM arbitration and the joys of dealing with insurance companies. That's enough for today. I'm Andrew Newworth. This is Ask Andy. Have a great day.